Welcome to Routing for Success, the show where we interview today's top logistics professionals, giving them a platform to share their stories and best practices. Today, we are talking with Lee and Keeley Muse. Lee and Keeley are contractors for FedEx Ground via their company, Tread Transportation Services, which operates on the line hall side of the business. In this episode, we discuss how they built up their company from zero to more than 40 trucks today, most of which were accomplished through the use of RFIs, submitting RFIs to FedEx for new growth opportunities. We also talk about their other business, Forward Arrow Solutions, which offers FedEx business brokering and consulting services and software, which includes things like payroll, maintenance tracking, driver scheduling, and more. I'm pleased to present to you my conversation with Lee and Keeley Muse. All right, we're here with Keeley and Lee Muse. Obviously, we'll get into your FedEx business. You also have another software business that supports not only your FedEx operations, but also other contractors as well. So we'll definitely want to talk about that. Uh, to start off, though, let's talk about each of you. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and uh, your life leading up to becoming a FedEx contractor. Sure. Yeah, I guess I'll kind of get us kicked off here, but... Uh, I got an engineering degree, was doing engineering construction, uh, so moving around um, different construction job sites year to year. Uh, so as we started having kids, that got harder and harder. Um, so kids said, well, if you just settle down, then maybe we can, uh, I can run some FedEx trucks on the side. We'll get into how she knew about that here in a second. Um, and then that just kind of, you know, grew and grew from there. Um, so... You know, that was my background, uh, doing that, you know, had some good experiences dealing with, you know, safety situations, working with construction personnel, you know, crunching data, some things that have, have helped me, you know, in this business. Um, but that was kind of, you know, my background, I always wanted to get into something on my own one day, you know, like a lot of people that are, you know, either contractors now or looking to become contractors or some other kind of business owners for themselves, you know, instead of, uh, you know, people, people can get tired of that corporate ladder and, and feel like all the hard work's going to somebody else. So, you know, I always had that uh, vision, but wasn't sure exactly what that was going to look like. And um, I'll kind of let Keely fill it in from there. Yeah, so um, that started in the, the FedEx business. My dad was a FedEx contractor as well. Um, and he kind of been a serial entrepreneur his whole life and had had a, a business that went under and kind of was like, you know what? I don't have a lot of options. I'm going to go get my CDL and become a truck driver. Um, and so, so that's what he did. And his, his first job was run a team for a FedEx contractor. And within about, I don't know, maybe a year and a half, he uh, ended up buying out his contractor and, and started running the business. Um, so he did that for a while. And then, like Lisa, we were moving around a lot for, for his job and wanted to try to, to stay put somewhere. And so my dad just was kept after me, like, you know what, you really, you really should just run some trucks. And you know, if you just ran a couple trucks, then you wouldn't have to move around so much. And that would be, you know, something good for you guys to get into. So, so that was the plan. And that's what we did. We started with two trucks um, up in Dallas. And then when the, the Houston hub opened, we were able to get those transferred down to Houston. And yeah, it started with two and Started running in the uh, beginning of 2017. 2017. Okay. And and so, Keely, you actually got into the business yourself before Lee was involved. And there was a, a gap of a few years where you were running the business and, and Lee, you weren't really involved at all, right? Right. 
other than what I heard about when I came home. (laughs) (laughs) You got an earful, that's for sure. So you picked up a couple trucks, and this is on the line haul side of the business, and I'm sure that most of the people tuning in are, are probably aware, but for the few who are, FedEx Ground is really has two separate divisions within it. There's the first and last mile, what we call pickup and delivery. So those are the smaller vans that you see around town picking up and delivering packages. And then there's the line haul side of the business where you know, you have a Class 8 tractor uh, doing what's called drop and hook, so hooking up to the FedEx uh, you know, box and bringing it from one point to another long distance. So you're on that, the, the ladder of those two called line haul. Um, so Keely, how did you get those first two trucks? Did you just call FedEx and did they say, Hey, yeah, you know, buy trucks and we've got some business for you. Or did you have to buy an existing business coming in? So I actually bought two of my dad's routes. So he, he sold them to me and was, you know, kind of helped me to, to get on my feet a little bit. Um, and so, so that's how we started with those two. And then after that, it was, it was all organic growth for a while. Um, when we moved into that Houston hub, it was a new hub and they were, you know, looking for contractors and, and needing contractors to take on more routes. And so, um, so that was a good move for us was to be able to get into a new hub that was just opening and helped us to grow our business, um, more quickly than we would have been able to in some of the other locations. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah. I think at the time we didn't really realize, you know, how important that was, you know, how rare that is to be at a brand new uh, facility, especially a hub, you know, where you can't see, you know, growths pretty quickly. Um, so I know that's kind of what a, a lot of contractors we've learned over the years, you know, with Target trying to get new areas like that because of that growth opportunity that, that comes along with it. Um, so yeah, it just, it just worked out pretty well for us being the right place at the right time. So tell us a little bit more about that. You know, a lot of the people <laughs> tuning into this podcast will want to know, how do I grow? You know, if I get into this thing or if I'm already in this thing, you know, wherever my business is today, I have hopes to grow it to something bigger and better in the future. So tell us about how you benefited from that. So you were in Houston, which was a brand new hub, and that afforded you some growth opportunities. What did that actually look like? Yeah, so when we were down in Houston, um, there was just there was just such a huge need for growth. They were trying to even pull, I think, contractors in from you know the other hubs in Texas, uh, Dallas, and Fort Worth, trying to you know, put out unsigned growth opportunities. Um, so for that, we were submitting RFIs, trying to to get the, the opportunities, which just you know, involves submitting um, the questionnaire and then having a meeting with the senior line home manager. And you know, explain me how you're positioned for growth and um, you know what your plans are for the future. Um, so it was super beneficial to get those growth opportunities. And then along with that, with it being a new hub, there were a lot of assigned opportunities as well. So whenever um, you know, with the, the points and post peak, they were putting out assigned opportunities for contractors to bid on. Um, and we were fortunate to be able to take advantage of that too. So they put out these opportunities and you submit an RFI. Can you give us a couple uh, nuggets? Like what makes a good RFI? It seems like you were successful and other people weren't, you know, presumably you had some competition, multiple organizations submitting RFIs who want to bid on those opportunities and you ended up winning. How did you win? Well, I think a lot of it is just positioning yourself for that growth. So a lot of times we would, you know, if we only had two contract opportunities, we would try to 
you know, maybe have an extra truck and have extra drivers available so that if the HUD called us and needed something covered, we were able to be able to cover that. And so in our RFI, we can, you know, put that down. Let's say we have um, extra trucks, we've got an extra driver, we're already positioned to take on this growth. And I think that helps a lot um, if you're not starting from scratch when it comes to growth. Yeah, there's always a little bit of that, you know, where you want to be able to have some extra trucks, you know, on the network if you can. Uh, obviously, you know, they, they need to be able to run so that it's not just, you know, something costs for your company. But if you are able to, you know, put an extra truck or two on and keep them running, uh, you know, a lot of it's just relationships, you know, calling around to, you know, maybe some other stations besides this your hub, uh, getting to know some people there and, you know, Maybe they won't have anything the first couple of times you call them, but, you know, eventually they'll get used to you calling and uh, just build that relationship from there. And, you know, sooner or later, they're going to be in a jam and um, and need some help. So um, that's definitely a good way to approach it. And, you know, the timing is good for us, too, because I think, you know, we, we've been at it long enough to have a pretty good idea of how things operated. But we're still new enough that we're, you know, had a little more uh, energy and uh, excitement about the, the whole thing is, is real new to us. So um, I think that maybe kind of played out too. I think, you know, some of the FedEx management was able to see that, that, you know, um, just talk how, you know, involved we were in the company and, you know, how much we were really wanting to see it grow and succeed. You know, it's funny. I see that all the time in, uh, not just in FedEx, but in other jobs too. You know, you hire a brand new salesperson and they're, naive but they're really excited and they actually come across opportunities that maybe some other senior people would overlook or not even go after because they're they're too smart but uh it ends up actually benefiting the the new person so okay so you have assigned runs and unassigned runs you're talking about adding unassigned trucks so you buy the truck or you lease the truck you hire a driver who's expecting to get paid so they can feed their family you don't necessarily have guaranteed work for them so you're talking not only to the station that you're in you're calling surrounding stations and just trying to network with those managers and really let them know, hey, if you have if you have any volume, uh, you know, package volume that needs to get moved, uh, call us. We want to help you solve that problem. You do well. You you know, they end up calling you. You perform well. You know, you you get them out of a bind, and they start to rely on you. And so, when those opportunities for assigned runs come up, which is really where you make the good money, it seems your top of mind, you know, the RFIs come in and they recognize your name and say, Oh, we already know, uh, you know, that Keely and Lee, they do a good job. So that gives you a little bit of an advantage in that RFI process. Am I understanding that correctly? Uh, it can work out that way. A lot of times the, the, what the original one you're talking about, about reaching out to those stations, you know, a lot of times they're just non-contracted spare trucks that you're able to put in the system keep them running you're not even on an unassigned rotation sometimes and that's why you're you're scrambling to make those calls and then they can put out a growth opportunity and, and ask for rfi for you know an unassigned position um that you might be applying for there and say okay i already got this track to run the network um you know in some cases they do uh post assigned runs that way too but a lot of those are more of the, the bid process okay that makes sense so you came in with a few trucks, had opportunities to submit RFIs because Houston was growing very quickly. You're able to capitalize on some of those opportunities. Uh, tell us a little bit about your growth trajectory. If you could walk us through and just very, you know, you don't have to be pinpoint accurate, but how many trucks were you operating kind of each year over the past few years? 
Yeah, so when we started, the two trucks we started with, they were both teen trucks. Um, and then our operation in Houston is primarily teens. And so I would say, you know, we got within the first year down in Houston, we've gotten two more opportunities. Um, and then just kind of started to snowball from there. I think it was around, I don't know, maybe a year or two that um, my dad decided to, he was like, you know what, I'm, I'm done with the, uh, with the FedEx business. And uh, um, he knew Lee was going to be coming on board. And so I was like, you know what, I think it's a good time for you guys to buy me out. So we went that route and then had trucks in Dallas and in Houston uh, about the time that Lee came on board. So because of that, we, you know, probably um, more than doubled our trucks. Yeah. Right. Several years in a row. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. Years where we more than doubled, you know, at least the revenue and probably the truck crown as well. Um, obviously that, that slowed at some point as, as we got bigger and um, just got established in those locations. But uh, yeah. And for the most part, you know, we did have that, you know, transaction with my dad. Um, and then we picked up some runs that we purchased here and there. But for the most part, um, any of our growth that we've had over the last few years has been mostly organic through that, you know, the growth opportunity RFI process. It seems like that would be a better way to do it, right? I mean, if you have an assigned run, you can either be purchasing that assigned run from someone who's already operating it. And so not only will you have to bring a truck, not only will you have to bring a driver, but in that instance, you'll also have to just pay kind of, you know, what we call blue sky, just money out of your pocket into the existing contractor's pocket to get the rights to that run. Or if you submit an RFI, you still have to bring a truck. You still have to bring a driver. There's some startup cost there, mm-hmm. but you don't have that blue sky uh, kind of payment. You save yourself that money, right? Yeah. And, you know, I know talk to different people that have different philosophies there. I mean, some of them will say, you know, I've been doing this long enough. I'm, I'm not going to start over trying to do unsigned. And especially if it's an established hub, you know, it can be pretty difficult to, to transition those over to a sign, depending on, you know, how many trucks are there, how many contractors are there, how long everybody's had their runs, what the growth looks like in that market area. So some people will just say, you know what, I'd rather pay that money and get the assigned run instead of, fighting that battle for X number of years, um, you know, because there, there are challenges with unassigned uh, runs, you know, throughout the network. And, you know, like I said, drivers are counting on a paycheck to, to feed their family and pay their bills. So, you know, if they're not getting the runs, then that, that makes it difficult. You know, you're either paying them money to, to keep them there, keep them whole, um, you know, as long as you can. But, you know, then that, that impacts how efficient your operation is. So, you know, I've, I know people that are on both sides of it. Some people say, hey, you know, we're just going to get as many unassigned as we can and, and convert what we can and, and manage it from there. And, you know, maybe you spend some of that money paying those drivers rather than purchasing the assigned runs, and, uh, whereas other people will just write the books to the sign. So what's some advice that you can offer to the contractors listening in who want to grow their business and start submitting RFIs um, what, what's some advice you could offer to them? Uh, we, we've already talked about how to get, how to win the opportunity, but you had mentioned your business went through some serious growth, you know, and, and I'm not a FedEx contractor, so I've never owned one of these businesses, uh, but putting myself in the mindset of you're going to take your operation today and one year from now, it's going to be twice the size. Man, that sounds daunting in some ways and uh, big room to make mistakes 
What were some mistakes that you made during that growth process? And what are some lessons that you learned? I don't think we made it. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think some of the, uh, some of the mistakes that we made, you know, in, especially those by 2020 and 2021, there was a lot of growth opportunities happening and we were kind of throwing our, our name in the hat for, for all different uh, market areas. And I think looking back, um, if we'd have done just maybe some more research in the areas, um, maybe we would have chosen differently. Um, you know, your maintenance costs may be more expensive in some markets than they are in others. It, you know, it's harder to recruit in some areas. Um, your your payroll is going to be higher. Your insurance costs are going to be higher. Um, so just the line haul operation in general. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. something we noticed going to different markets is, you know, actually on the FedEx side that we were used to them calling, you know, once a week for unassigned teams in some markets. Now on some markets they're calling daily or, you know, just, um, you know, different, different kind of processes that they had on, on some of these runs that we weren't necessarily used to. So yeah, definitely a combination of things, both on the FedEx side and uh, those other items Keely mentioned. So, and then when we do have these meetings now, I feel like, um, you know, I ask a lot more questions than, than I did before from, from the manager as far as, you know, what are your, what is your run rotation like? You know, what kind of volume do you guys see? You know, what are your heaviest days? Um, just, just things like that. How many other trucks are on the rotation? Um, just questions that I didn't know to ask before. I was just excited to, to have the opportunity and to get into a different market. And now, um, we're a little bit more careful and, and ask for a lot more information before we um, commit to, right. to anything else. And, and what about things like insurance costs and maintenance costs, uh, you know, driver labor rates? Do you just talk to existing contractors in a new area to conduct your research or do you have other ways that you get that information? Um, so some of it is, you know, you can kind of, you know, look and talk to the contractors, see, you know, what, you know, what they're offering. Um, I would say for the, the insurance costs, you know, we talked to our broker about that. It's really the, the worker's comp that varies, you know, quite a bit from state to state when it comes to the rates. Um, and then just calling up the, the shops in the area um, and just kind of getting to know them or just looking to see, you know, is there a, a Freightliner dealership close or is it Volvo or you trying to determine you know, what type of trucks we put in a certain area. It really just comes down to maintenance for us. Yeah, what kind of, you know, operation we're looking to have as far as, you know, management, you know, and that might affect, you know, lease versus owner and some different factors there as well, um, or maintenance costs in general. Maybe in some cases it, you know, it's better to have a fully operational lease, maintenance included, uh, especially if, you know, you're not familiar with the area, you don't have an established manager, you know, those are some decisions you can make there. Um, and then also just looking at job postings, you know, that's the biggest thing for labor and to see what, what other contractors are paying drivers, you know, Hey, this is the exact run we'd be hired for. They're paying X. Um, you know, a lot of that, a lot of times you can find that in the job posting and, um, you know, obviously in the FedEx, uh, network, you know, gives you a very good indication of what people are paying, but also outside of the FedEx network too, you know, what drivers are making in that area. So going back to your growth, I, I understand in talking with each of you before we, we had hopped online here, uh, Lee, I think you had mentioned that you your largest point as a business 
was maybe during the pandemic, maybe around 2021, and, and you've actually downsized somewhat since then. But what was the number? What was the maximum number of trucks that you were running? Right around 50. Yeah, about 50 trucks. And so, yeah, we're down to 40, 42 right now. Um, so, you know, we, we scaled back more than that, but then we've added back since then too. So just kind of, um, you know, trying to optimize things from market area and geography and things like that is what we've been doing. So how do you determine, you know, if there's an area that you kind of want to divest from, you want to get rid of it and downsize uh, versus other areas that you actually want to invest into and, and grow your business? What's the difference between those for you? I mean, it's kind of what we talked about earlier, you know, what we got into, you know, for us, it was trial and error more than anything. You know, we got into these markets that, okay, FedEx runs things a little bit different. Our costs are higher. Um, you know, just we're not as close to be able to manage the business, you know, like we have in the past as far as being on site, meeting with drivers, being at the terminal, meeting with management as often. So, you know, there were just several factors there that played in for us. And um, like I said, since then, we've learned that maybe there's other ways to, to do that research ahead of time, uh, kind of like we've been talking about, rather than just diving in and, and finding out that way. Obviously, you, you learn a lot uh, doing it that way as well. What are some other lessons that you've learned or best practices that you've been able to identify? I mean, you've been at this for a while now. You know, you're running about 44 trucks today. You've learned what areas you like to be in and what areas you aren't. So we talked about, you know, obviously you've, you've honed in your, your list of questions, for example, that you would ask to FedEx or an existing contractor if you're going into a new area. Um, you know, there's trucks, there's people, you know, and kind of operational efficiency. I think the operational efficiency might be more relevant on the P&D side of things, but you could tell me if I'm off base on that. Relationships with people at FedEx, that seems to matter a lot, especially these days. What are some other areas that you feel like you're particularly strong in and uh, that you might have some advice to offer to other contractors? Go for it. <laughs> Well, I think it was just one of those things where as we grew and you talk about kind of like optimizing and, and things like that, we, we got to a point where we were able to kind of outsource some things that we were kind of doing on our own. I know, you know, when we came on board, the first thing I was like, okay, I want you to handle recruiting and maintenance. Like, I don't want to talk to truck shops anymore. And, you know, I, I think it would be better if, you know, you talked to the new drivers too. So I think just kind of figuring out your strengths and, and what you can focus on and what's best for your business and then being able to outsource, um, you know, some of that other stuff. So I know we use, you know, some different, um, software products or recruiting tools or things like that. And um, I think that has been, been helpful for our business. Um, and just, grow. yeah. And just, you know, growing our management staff internally to just take things off our plate. Um, you know, we were, yeah. There for first few years, we were, it was just two of us basically um, doing it all, uh, which, you know, obviously, you know, get, you can make good margins that way, but you're also losing a lot of sleep and, uh, you know, dealing with a lot of stress in, in different ways. And you grow to a certain point, you just need more help. So, um, and as far as that goes, too, I mean, it's one of those things where, um, you know, you, you kind of have to look forward a little bit to see where you're trending and, and how things are going for you because, you know, if you wait until you're just swamped and buried to try and bring somebody on, you know, they're going to have a learning curve and you're going to have to 
to spend some time training them and all that. So the sooner you can recognize and commit to bringing somebody like that on, I think the better so that you can, uh, you know, try to get them in, in a good position to, to really help you and, and take some off of your plate as a contractor. There's two things that you just talked about that I want to uh, dive a little bit deeper into. The first one is, um, so how, how many stations are you running in today and what is your management structure, the hierarchy of your company and how you divide, you know, the day-to-day tasks to your staff? So right now we're running out of four different locations or five different locations. Um, but all of our management is typically based on geography. Um, so you know, the bulk of our trucks are in Houston. And so we have you know, a manager for each location. So we've got a couple down in Houston and then in our Dallas Fort Worth operations, we have um, two managers up there. So we found that that's kind of the best strategy for us is to be able to divide it by location with that. So what, what does a day in the life look like for each of you now running this business? It's changed a lot over the years. Um, so now though, I think, like Lisa, with us having you know, some management in place, uh, you know, we also have recruiters on staff and um, some back office help as well. So at this point for us, it's just kind of, you know, just making sure that everything is operating smoothly. Um, we're not as in the weeds as we used to be on a day-to-day basis, which is definitely nice. Um, but for, for a long time, I mean, that was, that was our day to day was, you know, dealing with all the maintenance and headaches and stuff that would come up and then you know, getting phone calls at two o'clock in the morning too. Um, and day in and day out, we always talk about, you know, we're, we have the flexibility where we can, you know, go on vacations or, you know, work from anywhere, but we're like, we don't really take vacations. We just work from someplace different. Right. And so that's how it was for a long time. Um, but, but these days, things have kind of settled out a little bit, which is nice. It's where you want to get to as a business owner. So uh, that was the first one. The second one I wanted to drill into a little bit further, and this is probably a good segue into talking about your other business. Um, what are You had mentioned that there are some services and some other ways that you've been able to outsource some of the stuff that has to get done. Um, go ahead and, and name drop a few. You know, I think people are curious to hear about what products and services do successful contractors use what are some that you are using that you can speak to and you feel like have helped you with your business? Well, I know over the years, I mean, like she said, that she kind of put me in charge of recruiting when I stepped in. So we've done everything from, you know, posting job ads ourselves, taking those calls to, you know, outsourcing it to different recruiting vendors. Um, you know, so and a lot of it with recruiting was just, you know, we'd try this for a little while and it would work for a little while. And then, you know, it would kind of trickle to, to the stop. So then we did it and try something else and try something different. Um, so yeah, I know there's, there's several different vendors out there on the recruiting side, uh, you know, square one, bright flag and so on a few others. So, um, uh, I know we've used several of those, um, Trying to think what else really that started outsourcing. I feel like it's kind of evolved over the years. Yeah. In the beginning, we were using lots of different vendors. And then, um, you know, part of the reason that we started our software was because we felt like we could take all of the vendors that we were using and combine it into one platform. 
or we wouldn't have to use um, you know so many different different people. Um, so yeah, and that's you know the main reason we started the started building software because um, you know several years ago you can just go back you know a few years and there really wasn't anything out there to help contractors uh, break down their settlements, track things. Uh, and do payroll. That was the biggest thing people were looking for is, you know, easier way to do payroll than running off Excel sheets. So, um, you know, that was kind of the first thing we focused on, especially seeing all that growth. Um, you know, that was definitely, definitely a pain point during that time when you go from, you know, five, six employees to 30, 40 plus, you know, then, um, that's, that's a big change for your, your weekly payroll operation process. So, that was the main thing we focused on originally to solve that problem. Um, you know, we were doing payroll on QuickBooks for a while. And then, you know, that's one thing that's sells on the vendor side is uh, integrating our payroll processor uh, with our benefits so that everything's synced there and the deductions, uh, you know, get taken into account when people change uh, their benefits or 401k or anything like that. Um, so that's been a big help as well. So the name of your software business is called Forward Arrow Solutions. And uh, it's fascinating to me that you would approach this business and you're in trucking, right? Trucking is very like real world physical asset. I mean, you're talking about, you know, truck drivers and these things driving over the road, you know, maintaining them and diesel fuel to go from that to doing something like having a software company. I mean, it's like completely different to me. Um, so tell us about, tell us a little bit more about that. So what were some of the challenges that you were experiencing in the business that you just felt like you couldn't solve with other options that were currently out there? And then walk us through the story of how you founded this other company. Yeah. I mean, I guess real quick before we get, uh, straight into that, just one thing you said about, you know, the truck driving business and you don't think of it in software based business or, you know, that's not the first thing you think of, at least from the outside looking in. Um, but, you know, getting back to our growth, we feel like that was kind of the reason why we were well positioned there is because we saw, um, saw the vast change, you know, variety of contractors out there. You know, you had guys that had driven for 30 years that had a couple trucks and were real focused on, you know, that aspect of the business. And then you had, you know, more of the investor types or, you know, Somebody, you know, with a corporate engineering background, maybe it's, you know, used to processing a lot of data and looking through software and doing things like that. So um, we felt like that, you know, to, to handle all the reporting and compliance that comes along with being a, a contractor, I feel like that might have given us an advantage in some cases over, over some others. Um, but yeah, as far as what we were trying to solve, like I said, it all started with payroll. It's trying to be as accurate and quick as possible, you know, it, it got very cumbersome doing it the way we were originally doing it. Um, and then, yeah, I know, uh, Keely would have to, once we did finally get all the way through payroll, make sure everything was checked and verified or held the final numbers. Um, I guess she was using QuickBooks online and having to type it all in one by one. And of course, one of the kids would come up and distract her or something and she'd look up and have to start all over and she'd be like, I've had about enough of this. So, um, that was uh, definitely a pain point for us there. So we built something where we could, you know, get the information from the settlement as far as, you know, who was on what troops, apply, you know, rates, bonuses, uh, things like that very quickly 
um, and then distribute that to our drivers. They get texts and an email uh, when that's complete, so they can check that earnings report and, and check it for accuracy. And you know, we want the drivers. First of all, we want to know that the driver is getting paid. We want them to know that that their check is correct as well, because that was almost the number one thing to hear from drivers from other contractors calling us is, you know, hey, they're not they're messing with my pay. I'm not getting paid what I should. I'm like, well, they may or they may not be, but end of the day you don't know for sure that you're getting paid so let's find a way to uh you know handle that so we wanted some more transparency with the drivers and that's helped too you know those spot things um that maybe we weren't aware of you know the, the line hall dispatch mom didn't show up in our settlement um so that was you know they would help flag some of that for us um on that side so that was the biggest thing we wanted to tackle early on so for the FedEx ground contractors, line haul contractors listening in, for Forward Aero Solutions, the software that uh, company that you built specifically for FedEx ground line haul contractors, what are some questions you know that might lead them to know whether or not this is something that they should explore using? Um, like what what types of people or what types of challenges might they be experiencing where they may actually want to go check out Forward Aero Solutions? Yeah, one of our big goals is, like Huey said, trying to consolidate. You know, we were using a lot of different platforms, and I think everybody's feeling that right now. You know, you got an app for this and a website for that, and you're going to 10 different places every day trying to consolidate things. So we tried to really pull as much of that into one place as possible, cut down on, you know, any additional vendor costs we were seeing for some of those services. Um, and, and, yeah, just do it all under one portal where you've got a – We've got GPS on the trucks where you can see a map, just like you would through your ELV provider. Uh, we've got a dashboard that, you know, gives you quick snapshots of KPIs and different metrics there. You can dive in and do more profitability from there, do your payroll, do your IVMRs. Um, there's a big maintenance piece that, um, you know, uh, doing the monthly maintenance reporting is also a, a pretty big pain point for. A lot of contractors, so we try to simplify that process as well. So, um, just any any of those things. That was our biggest goal. Is you know, let's let's try and anything we can. Let's pull under here rather than going to to several different places, and let's organize it in a way that just makes it so much easier to run your processes and save you time, find mistakes on your filaments or areas where somebody's not feeling where they're supposed to, and you can you know spot areas where you can and save costs and, you know, just save time in the process. So those were, were our biggest goals there. Where can people find more information on Forward Aero Solutions if they want to check it out? Yeah, so we uh, actually end up calling the software FAST, Forward Aero Solutions and Technology. So uh, if you go to fx-fast.com, you'll find their site. Um, another thing we're really trying to do is we know into a new uh, software system can feel overwhelming, intimidating. So we really tried to make that process as easy as possible. You know, free trial to start it, load some of your settlements in there. And within a few minutes, you can start um, seeing how things would look, you know, um, you know, using the software, viewing your settlements, looking at some of those metrics. You can set up, you know, your payroll rates and just click of a button, you know, see how that, uh, you know, how it runs payroll for you. So, just really try to make that process as simple as possible so that, you know, one, people can see what it looks like without investing a whole lot of time. And also when they do actually want to, you know, use the product and different tools that 
makes it really easy to, to set things up. Well, Lee and Keeley, I appreciate your time. Is there anything else that uh, the two of you want to talk about while you have this platform? You know, we'll be at some of the conferences around or like so go to the, the website if you uh, want more information. And I uh, appreciate you having us on. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate you. Routing for Success is brought to you by AP Equipment Financing. In today's competitive market, it is essential to acquire the right trucks at a fair price and finance them in a way that makes sense for your business. Leveraging their extensive network of truck and van suppliers, the experts at AP Equipment Financing will help you locate the best deals on step vans, cutaways, panel vans, and more. Deliver them straight to your facility and finance them with low monthly installment options. Click the link in the description or visit APFinancing.com for more information. Routing for Success is an independent production of AP Equipment Financing and is in no way affiliated with or endorsed by FedEx Corporation, FedEx Ground, Amazon, or any other logistics company discussed herein. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Routing for Success.